Joshua chapter 3. This is the conclusion of our Accelerate series. And this is more than just a series. I believe this whole kind of experience we've had the last few weeks has been something that is the, 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 the movement out of a prophetic unction, okay? I believe that God will speak to a house at times, something that has such a prophetic edge, a word from the Lord, that just sets things in motion, amen? And we have seen some things being set in motion for this year, and I'm just so thankful. And, and this whole series started back in September when the Lord was speaking to my heart that 2017 would be a year of acceleration. And, and all I could think of was, Lord, what does that mean? It sounds so televangelistically, you know what I mean? Year of acceleration, you know, it just sounds like that. And, and, but man, we're seeing it through the fall, already things moving forward. January, already, except for water. Other than that, everything moving, my frustration was accelerated yesterday. Instantly. It's a year of acceleration. And so today we come to close this series. But I want us to open, like I said, to Joshua chapter 3. We've seen that acceleration is that increase in the rate or speed of something. And we saw that these Followers of God, this nation of Israel, they went from the land of the wilderness wandering into a land of promise, and a word was spoken over their life. We'll just start there. We keep starting there every week. Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things amongst you. They're about ready to go in to possess the promise God has for them, and God wants them to get their hearts right. He wants them to get themselves separated for messing things up when they got in the promised land. Amen? They didn't have it all figured out. It's 40 years of wandering, and they still have issues. I'm not saying that in the coming year, we're done making mistakes, you know. We're, we're just going to walk in everything God has and make every right decision and every right choice. No, God has something called grace that abounds in our life. And we even see that with these people. But what's beautiful, he says, you consecrate yourselves. You, you make it your number one priority to call your life sacred to God and devoted to God. And I'll make it a priority to show up in your life. Is that neat? God will be amongst you. It's not you making anything happen. It's God showing up and bringing forth his best in your life. It's God showing up and bringing forth the miracle. But we are responsible to set ourselves apart and dedicate ourselves to the purpose of God. And then it allows us to be in a position where God just can move on our behalf. And there'll be times where you're going to miss it. We saw that a couple weeks ago with Achan, you know. He missed it. And the whole nation almost missed it. But God intersected with the word and they responded to the word and they fixed that. That's how it always is with us. And so I want us to open it up to Joshua chapter 5. Let's stand to our feet now. We're going to read a little longer passage together. Joshua chapter 5, verses 1. We're going to read through verse 8. <coughs> it says, As soon as all the kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan to the west and all the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan for the people of Israel until they had crossed over. Their hearts melted, and there was no longer any spirit in them because of the people of Israel. In other words, they finally have come across the river, and the word is starting to be spread around that watch out. This is a something, some kind of something we've never seen before. This is a people we've never seen before. This is a people who looks like God is on their side and man, I would love that to be something that is heralded in the world, in this region. It looks like God is doing something at Momentum Church. It looks like God is doing something in those people that go to that, that little building up there on 659 Arnold Mill Road. Amen? I would love for that to be heralded over us. 
Verse 2, at that time, the Lord said to Joshua, now this is where it gets crazy, okay, ready for this? Make flint knives and circumcise the son of Israel a second time. We're about to have an altar call. So, so, so Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the sons of Israel at Gibeath Haraloth. Now, I've often thought, I am so glad I'm in this dispensation of ministry. Because I would not want that as one of my, my tasks to do. You know what I'm saying? You know, I just prepare sermons, fix plumbing, circumcise a bunch of you men. No. It says, and this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. All the males of the people who came out of Egypt, all the men of war, had died in the wilderness on the way after they had come out of Egypt. So this next generation has got to deal with that excess flesh. This next generation has got to deal and be marked as the people of God, all right? They've got to be cut upon a little bit, have some surgery done a little bit. Something's got to take place in their life before they can possess the promise, all right? And then it says, through all the people who had came out had been circumcised, yet all the people who were born on the way, they had not. For the people of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness until all the nations, the men of war who came out of Egypt, perished because they did not obey the voice of the Lord. We want to obey the voice of the Lord. The Lord swore to them that he would not let them see the land that the Lord had sworn to their fathers to give us a land flowing with milk and honey. So it was their children whom he raised up in their place that Joshua circumcised, for they were uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. Now I love this. Verse 8, one of the most profound things ever written in Scripture. When the circumcising of the whole nation was finished, they remained in their places in the camp until they were healed. I bet they did. <laughs> profound, right? I, I bet they did. They just stayed put for a while. You, you understand these are adults, right? Okay. So, it goes on, and it says, <laughs> I love this, and the Lord said to Joshua, today, shout today. today, I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you, and so the name of the place is called Gilgal to this day. Father God, I ask that today, today, that you would allow us to see that the reproach has been rolled away from upon us, and that, Lord God, today we stand at a place of Gilgal, that today we stand at a place where you're going to lead us forward into all that you have for us so that we might be people that possess what you desire for us to possess. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go ahead and have your seat. As you look at that passage, you see that this idea of the reproach that they had, it's rolled away. The reproach that they carried upon them in Egypt is gone. It's being rolled away. In other words, y'all were slaves in Egypt, but you're not slaves any longer. Y'all were marked by the Egyptians, but you're not marked by them any longer. You're marked by God. You all were people with a, a wilderness mentality, a slave mentality, but now you're set free to walk as the righteousness of God. That's who you are, and the reproach has been removed. That idea of the word reproach, it means an expression of disapproval or disappointment. Now listen, there are people today, as I preach this word, that you're going to feel a sense upon you of disapproval, and disappointment. Here I am again, not measuring up. Here I am again, not living up to my potential. Here I am again, disappointing God, family, friends. Here I am again, all right? All right? These people, were they perfect? No. 
But in that moment, God began to remove the reproach that was upon them, and God began to allow them to see that he had something for them. And I'm praying today that God will start to allow you to realize that you're not a disappointment. That you're not one that sits under the disapproval of God. You're blessed and highly favored. Amen? The Bible says you're above and not beneath. I love that. The head and not the tail. That's who you are. Not because you're anything special, but because Jesus has done a work of saving you and changing you because you're walking in all that he has. That's awesome. Now, there's some things that we've got to deal with, but I want to just let you know the place that this all began, this outpost for them to go into the promised land is a place called Gilgal. Say Gilgal. Gilgal, all right? And so the name of that place is Gilgal to this day. That word Gilgal means wheels. It means wheels. It, it, it means something that turns. There's a turning. There's, there's a wheel. And, and people have said that what it means is a new beginning. Say new beginning. It's the first day in the new land, you know? And God's given them a new beginning. The reproach of Egypt is gone. I don't walk in the disapproval or disappointment of anyone. I don't walk in the disapproval or disappointment of God. I walk in his favor. And it's a new beginning. This idea of a wheel. Another, another translation will say it's a circle. Something that rolls. Now, if you remember right, when they came out of the Jordan River, a few weeks ago we read how, how um, um, Joshua had told them to take stones, one from every tribe. A man was supposed to go down into that river and grab a stone and bring that stone out, and there was a reason for it, because an altar was going to be created to honor God, this place of new beginning. Guess what that place was? It was Gilgal, okay? And so they set those stones in a circular fashion to this day all around Israel, archaeologists have found that there are stone monuments that are set in the shape of a foot. I love this, okay? They're, they're set like this, like in the shape of a foot, big foot, and then inside of that there'll be smaller circles, and they believe that these people would pray as they walked around the circle of that, of that memorial. They would pray as they walked around the circle. And what's neat is, through studying, I found that they're foot-shaped. The actual perimeter of the thing is foot-shaped, and then inside they have the smaller circles. And the idea of the foot-shape, they really believe that what it speaks to is when the promise came to Abraham so many years ago, wherever you put your foot, it'll be your land. And there was something about them that if they would walk out and get their foot on the property, if they just walk out and get their feet in the ground, that God would start to do something. And so they had created throughout Israel, archaeologists are finding them, these foot-shaped Gilgals. And they're saying that it's not just one Gilgal, that the Gilgal that we talk about here is the Gilgal. That's the city. That's that first place of new beginning. But they have other Gilgals, other places of worship throughout uh, Israel. They are beginning to find that wherever people put their foot, it was theirs. I love that. A new, new beginning. It's theirs. Wherever you put your foot. I remember Amy and I, years ago, we had an opportunity to buy three acres of land. And, um, and so I was about 20, I forgot how old, early 20s, and I put some money down on it, you know. But before I put money down on it, how many's ever had property you bought? Anybody bought property before? You just got to go walk on it, don't you? You know? Just got to go get a feel for it. Is this, is this, is this, yeah, 
this is, this is where I'm supposed to be. And we built our house, you know. Amy and I were 24 when we built our first house. Don't know how that was even possible on what she and I brought into the house, but it was a different time. You know how that goes, you know. And so with that, we built this house, and I could stand on that property and look at it and just, I could picture what God had for me. I could just picture the promise that he was speaking over my life, that this is yours. And Amy and I, every chance we get, we'd go ride, drive up there and walk on that little country, three acres, and, and just believe God. God, we believe this is for us. And we just had to walk on it, you know. This is going to be a place of our beginning. This is going to be the place where we're going to start our life. And I can remember while we were doing that, I can remember being in that house and, and when we built it, and I'm, I'm, I'm working, and, I, and, and man, I'm singing, Great is Thy Faithfulness. You all remember that song? Yeah, yeah, I'm just singing that song with everything I've got. Just great is thy faithfulness. And, and just weeping like a baby before God. Because God, I shouldn't walk in this. But you're giving this to me. Thank you, Jesus, you know. I remember this property. Every staff meeting for, maybe not every, but almost every other at least. For a couple months, three months, before we finally said we're doing this. We would get on our motorcycles. Amen, staff? Come on. And we'd get on our motorcycles over there at 92, on Highway 92, and we'd ride our motorcycles over here, and we'd tear up on up in this property, and we'd ride our motorcycles around seven times. We rode our motorcycles around this. No, I'm kidding. We didn't do that. But we would ride up in the parking lot and just, this is ours, God. You're calling this to be ours, and we could sense it and feel it. And we just had to put our feet in it, you know. But there was a whole lot of stuff that God needed to deal in our hearts and deal with us. For us to be able to possess this. And now we're possessing it. And God's saying there's something else for us. And there's a lot of stuff that we're going to have to deal with in our hearts to possess the next thing. Whatever that might be, you know. For your own lives, the same way. All I know is I just felt like we had to get on this property and walk around and be on here. How many's ever laid hands on a building and prayed for it? Be honest. Oh, look at you. All right. Yeah, man. I know God has this for me. I just, in the name of Jesus, you know. And you're praying for the building, you know. Let me ask one more question. Anybody put oil on a building before? Y'all crazy. Now you went too far. Yes. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. You went too nuts. Mm -mm. No, but that's kind of that, that, that Gilgal. It's kind of that, God, I'm staking, I'm staking my claim here. This is, God, I believe this is what you're calling me to. This is where this beginning is going to, to start. And so I just want to ask you, what does God want you to have this year? What does he want you to possess this year? What, what is it in your life that you sense the Lord is saying it's time to take hold of, you know. For me, from a staff position, I was sensing Pastor Brantley. It was time for me to take hold of Brantley. That didn't sound right. Where's Brantley? I just had, I just, but I've, I mean, I was sensing this is it. This is the time. God, I don't know how it's going to be possible. And over the fall, he made a way. And oh, my word, I just, I mean, just in a month's time, the difference Brantley has made in this house is tangible. You know, you may not see it because it's systems, things behind the scenes, but thank God for it. I'm just, I'm just saying, I don't know what it is for you. What does God want? And then if you have that in your heart, is this that thing that you have, is it worth you getting things lined up so that you can accelerate in 2017? Is it, is it worth it? So, so God, I believe you're calling me to this this year. I'm putting my foot on it. This is my beginning I may not see it completely manifest in 2017, but I believe that things are going to accelerate this year toward that, and I am staking my claim. Amen? And so if that's the case, though, you're going to see here, if that's the case, there's some things that have to be dealt with. There's some things that's got to, you got to move in, to walk in what God has for you. And so we're going to start off with the first thing here. We already saw it in that first passage of Scripture, all right? 
circumcision. Number one, listen, you can't possess your promise if you won't deal with your flesh. You can't. You can't possess your promise if you won't deal with your flesh. That idea of circumcision was always the symbol of excess flesh. It was something that spoke of the carnality of man and that God wanted us to sacrifice that and put that aside, you know, and be forever marked as one of his covenant people, one of his people of promise. And so when it comes down to our lives, what flesh, what thing in our life, what is it in our life that we just aren't willing to have cut away? Is there something keeping us from God's best? And, and so I want to say it this way. When you look at the passage of Scripture, God told Joshua, go do this. And I could see Joshua going, are you kidding me? This is supposed to happen at eight years old in these guys' life, you know? You waited a little long here, God. Couldn't you spoke this back in the wilderness a little bit? This is, this is going to cost something. This is going to be painful. This is not. But God spoke a word, and Joshua heeded the word. Let me say it one more time. God spoke, and Joshua heeded. I believe in the church today, in 2017, not just momentum, but around the world, we need a little bit more of God speaking and his people heeding. Amen? Now listen. This comes from a position of approval, not disapproval. This comes from a position of, of you're appointed, not disappointed. This means you missed your appointment. No, you're, if you're a child of God, you're already appointed. Amen? So I'm not coming from that. I'm just saying the appointed, approved children of God, when they hear the voice of God, man, God, let me walk in it. This is going to be hard. <laughs> yeah, ask those young men there with Joshua. This is going to be difficult. Uh-huh. This is going to leave a mark. Oh my gosh, he's preaching about circumcision. Yeah, it's going to be tough. But you know what? I'm a child of God. And when I hear the word of God, I heed the word of God. Guess what? Your pastor does. He struggles at that. Just like you. But I'm going to keep putting my foot in front of my other foot. And I'm going to keep trying to heed the voice of the Lord. And I'm going to look at the word of God in our lives, or in my life, not as a wish or a suggestion, but as the word of God. As a word of of promise over my life. God was setting them up to walk in and take all that God had for them. Amen? And so I want to do the same thing in my life. It's a word of promise over my life. Now, what I don't want this to be is behavioral modification. All right? Amen? That's not what we're talking about at all. You know, if I can just be, I told you last week, if I can just be a good boy. I stopped trying to be a good boy a long time ago. <laughs> I struggle. You know? But if I could just, no, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying this idea, God, cut away my flesh. Cut away my desires. Cut away those things that lead me far from you. Cut away, do surgery on my heart, God. As I have a relationship with you, work on me, you know. This week in my small group, um, I'm in a micro group. It's like three guys. And through the week, we've been reading First John. It's something that we've been studying for the last few weeks. And we just started talking about walking out God's word and what that looks like and sin and things like that. And, and I had a thought. And, and I'm just going to say kind of what I wrote. I said, could it be that heaven isn't a place where sin abides because God just won't have it? I'm not talking about behavioral modification. The idea that, that, man, I struggle with sin, Ross. You don't understand. Me too. And so then I think to myself, okay, there's heaven. And when we think of heaven, it's like, well, there's no sin in heaven because God just won't have it. You know what I mean? I get that. I, I believe God's a holy God. And, 
It's going to be really hard for unholy things to be in the presence of a holy God, yet we're in his presence all the time, okay? It's because the blood of Jesus covers us. Is that awesome? We're covered. But I got to thinking about that idea of heaven, and I said, or could it be that heaven is the place that we all get such a revelation of Jesus that sin just has no place because we will have no taste for it because our need is completely satisfied by the full revelation of the presence of Jesus. Come on. God, that's what I want. I want a deeper revelation. I want to walk around this place of Gilgal, this place of your presence, this place of new beginning. And God, I want you to give me a picture of who you are. Not that I go, oh, here's who I'm not, and here's all the disappointment, all the disapproval. God, I don't measure up. How many, be honest, do you feel like you don't measure up? Raise your hand. All right. That's, that's, that's all of us raising our hand, and the ones not, you're a liar. So I'll tell you, you don't measure up, okay? <laughs> yeah. We, no, but through Christ, through Jesus, we do, okay? And so my thought was, when it came down to it, and maybe this is stretching that a little bit, help me have that deeper, full revelation of you here to where the things of this world, like I, I said last week, just start to grow strangely dim, you know, to where all I'm passionate about is being led into what God has. And, and that place of Gilgal is a place of worship, and that leads us to the next thing. I love as we worship today. That line in the song, when Jesus shows up, it changes what we see and what we seek. What we see and what we seek. It's not behavioral modification. It's we just begin to be changed. Amen? Desires change. So all I'm saying is there's a cutting away. We must deal with the flesh. There's a cutting away that takes place. And I really believe where that takes place is at that place of Gilgal. Where that takes place is at that place of worship. Where that takes place is in the presence of God. Amen? And so he invites us into his presence. So number two, you can't possess your promise if you won't walk in worship. If you won't walk in worship. Watch what it says in Joshua chapter 5. When Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes. This is right before he goes in to possess the lamb, before they march around the city for the week. And he looked, and behold, a man was standing before him with his drawn his sword in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? And he said, no, but I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? I love that. That's, that's that response of heeding the word. Okay, This place of worship, God, you speak in that place of worship, and now I'm going to respond. What, what do you say to me, Lord? And the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take off your sandals from your feet, for the place where you're standing is holy, and Joshua did. Very similar to Moses' story, you know. Takes off the sandals. The sandals have always been a, a, a symbol of that which is between you and God, that, that flesh that keeps you from the holy ground. And so the, these go hand in hand. The idea of God interacting with you and touching you in such a way that you realize I need to heed and I need to allow him to do a work in my heart it doesn't come out of behavioral modification it comes out of worship it comes out of his presence and God I'm sensing you and and you're leading me and I want to be changed by you not not I just I want to do right I just, I just want to be with you Jesus I want to be in your presence and you're who I seek you're what I see 
So we see here this idea that he takes his sandals off. It's a place of worship. And so this victory that's about to take place in the city of Jericho, number one with this, you can't possess your promise if you won't walk in worship. It begins with worship. This victory began with worship. We see in verse 1 of chapter 5, now Jericho was shut up inside, or chapter 6, I'm sorry. It was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all the men of war going around the city once. Thus shall you do for six days. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. On the seventh day you shall march a long blast with the ram's horn. When you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people will go up everyone straight before him we see God take them into a place of worship before they can possess the land for six days it begins with worship and it's carried along by worship look at verse 8 and just as Joshua had commanded the people the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horn before the Lord went forward blowing the trumpets with the ark of the covenant of the Lord following them the armed men were walking before the priest who were blowing the trumpets and the rear guard was walking after the ark while the trumpets blew continually can you imagine those that are inside the city for six days an army armed ready to go to war and they just walk that's all they're doing, just walking. And in front of them, the trumpets are blasting continuously. Now, these are those Jewish shofars that they would be blowing, a ram's horn. And we know from past scripture that that ram's horn is a symbol of salvation, you know. And so they're blowing and worshiping and praising God as they're going. And so that worship is just carrying them to the victory. So it begins with worship. It begins in the presence of God. It's carried along by the word, not their strength. All right? It's not behavioral modification. You can't do this. Amen? It's not their strength. It's that they're aligning themselves with the word of God. And they're being carried along through their worship of God. And then finally, the victory is accomplished through worship. On the seventh day, they arose early at the dawn of the day and marched around the city in the same manner seven times. It was only on that day that they marched around the city seven times. And at the seventh time, when the priests had blown the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. And so the people, they shouted, and the trumpets were blown. And as soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted a great shout. The wall fell down flat, so the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they captured the city. And all I want to remind you is you cannot possess your promise if you won't walk in worship. I want to challenge us as a church here in the house of God, but also in our own times, to be people of worship, people that find time with God in mind, find moments in your day to give him honor and to give him praise, and if you will, to walk around Gilgal. And here we see that you're not just walking around Gilgal, now he's leading them to a city, something they're going to possess. And remember what I said, wherever your feet go, God's going to give it to you. And so they're walking around that in worship. I don't know about you, when I'm going through hard times, I don't want to walk around in worship. I want to walk around discouraged and frustrated and upset and angry. I want to walk around bitter, right? My dad would say the mully grumps. Anybody's dad say that word, mully grumps? I want to walk around in the mully grumps, you know. I, I, but, but no, no, God wants us to start with worship, to be carried along by around it, finish with worship, and to walk 
out life walking around it in a heart of worship. Okay? As a church, I think the word that came from Pastor Corey last week that the Lord gave Pastor Corey in that second service, if you missed it, I think they put it on the podcast. Man, it was powerful about the power of worship in our lives and the power of God in our lives. And so the victory begins with worship, it's carried along by worship, and it's accomplished by worship. The third thing that we're going to see, and we'll be finished today, is you can't possess your prom- promise if you won't march together. All right? They, they stayed in step together. They, they, they were a, a, a unit, a team, heeding the voice of God, worshiping God, and they stayed in step together, and they shouted together when it was time. And so for 40 years, they wandered in the wilderness, but now they are arrayed for battle. And they march, and they keep in step with each other. I want to just challenge us as a church that we'd be a group of people that stay in step together. Amen? I'm just being honest. I do believe that as God continues to allow us to grow, and God continues to show us what he wants us to possess, guess who's going to try to come against us? The enemy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, man, we stay strong together. I believe we can walk in and accomplish anything God tells us to accomplish in our lives. And, you know, we, we say around here that, that we're with you on the journey and that God wants to, to help you move forward with God, purpose, and friends. We talk about that. I got to thinking about that. That's kind of this talk, you know. God wants to move, accelerate you in 2017. You first. That's the flesh. God, what are you doing with me? What, what things do I need to change in my life? What things do I need to lay at the altar and give to you that you're dealing with? What is that? We talked about that last week. What are those things that need to be devoted to destruction? What are those things that need to be devoted to the Lord? That's you. That's you. Now, the second part, God, you know, helping us go forward with God, purpose and friends. God, God, I want to worship you. That's a connection to him, you know. That's worship. And then friends, that's, that's us together. That's the connection that we have as we move forward. You know, moving forward, last week, you saw that happen with the serve day. Everybody working together to make that possible so the Palmers can get on the mission field in the Dominican Republic. We see the fruit of their ministry just Wednesday night. Two of our children here, touched by the power of God during that worship time with the Palmers, you know. And now we get to sow into them and see them go abroad. That's going to happen. And so together, we... We walked around their house yesterday. I didn't. I walked around plumbing. But everybody else walked around that house and did that work. And look what Cain's done with that. This, this week, when it came to that project, somebody called and said, hey, we want to donate the paint. We didn't even put the word out that we needed paint donated. 20 gallons of paint. And next thing you know, somebody in the church is paying for it. Another person in the church, um, um, that we talked about last week, that young lady, you know, that we talked about last week that was a, 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 a drug addict and came here and got saved and, and then ended up having to go spend a little bit of time in jail and then was able to get back out, but she's still living with her guy. And then she made that big, huge decision to, to step out. And God's been meeting her all week long. And someone in the church just felt led to give to her, you know. So there was money given to her last week to help her with her housing situation, you know. She's marching together. Say march together. I, I sense that in our worship services more and more. Y'all are marching together, people. Voices raised before the Lord together. You just, sometimes, I, and I feel horrible that I do this. I don't know why. I just want to walk around and, and see what God's doing. And I'll just walk. I'm marching. 
If you ever see me just walking in worship, I'm just, God, thank you so much for touching our people. Just have your way here. And I just, I just want to march a little bit. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to do it seven times. But I just, I just want to walk around. God, thank you for what you're doing with these people together. Amen? So as we go into this year, I just want to say, let us be a people who accelerate. To not be a people who drive in circles. Let's be a people who are decisive. Let's be a people who put our foot to the floor and accelerate toward all that God has for us. And if we're going to do that, we got to allow him to deal with our hearts. And when he does, begin to heed that word. That needs to be done in his presence. A place of approval, not disapproval. A place of contentment. In his presence. And then as he begins to work on us, know that, that in that place of worship, you're not alone. But you're together in this journey. We are with you on the journey, man. And we're moving forward. God's doing a work in our lives. Let's, let's pray today, if you would. Right now, Jesus, you've spoken into people's hearts today exactly what you have for them. That word over their life. Allow them to be bold to walk that out. Allow them when they start to sense, I can't walk in that because look at all this I'm dealing with. Allow them to know as they're walking out, you're dealing with the flesh. Allow them to know they have every right to put worship on their lips. They're your children. and They walk in your approval. And Lord God, as they're going forward, allow them to know they'll possess everything you have for them together as the family of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Fuel for the Journey. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.